0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, February 24th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, county supports but postpones an agricultural collaboration, a day in the life of a miner with Finton Coal, listening clubs rain in blood and a mountain weather forecast. Nearly 90% of water use in Colorado can be traced back to agriculture and irrigation. Agriculture, and livestock in particular, also produces significant greenhouse gas emissions. A recent work session of the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners featured a discussion on how to use federal and state money to best support sustainable farming and ranching practices. KOTO's Gavin McGough has the story. Saving Tomorrow's
1: Agricultural Resources or STAR, is a free nationwide program intended to support farmers looking to improve their soil health and reduce negative environmental impacts. A newer program, STAR Plus, promises to take those practices even further. Max Newmeyer, an agricultural consultant working with San Miguel County, explains. When we talk about STAR, we're talking about the STAR rating system. Anybody can go fill out a star field form, get a rating, and a free soil health test. That's STAR. Um, STAR Plus, it comes with
2: three years of incentive payments. It also comes with educational materials. We're making documentary films. There's a research component. Um, and uh, uh, there's going to be a peer-to-peer learning
1: component. Last year, Meyer's consultant group recommended San Miguel County team up with the Chauvinau Conservation District, based in Montrose, in order to enroll the region's farmers in a STAR Plus program. So they could take advantage of those benefits, but such a collaboration is proving hard to work out. Steve Hale of the Chavano Board points to one difficulty: Chavano has received less federal funding than they anticipated.
2: We were originally promised, uh, you know, two thousand dollars per uh, producer that we got going to help uh, with technical support on the ground and and you know soil testing, all kinds of things that are uh, support uh, things from the from the Chavano side. So now um, they've chopped that basically by, by two thirds. And so we're only going to get $3,750 for managing um, at, at this point, five, five producers.
1: Currently, Chavano works with five regional farms enrolled in the STAR program. San Miguel County works with an additional five farms enrolled in a similar but separate federal program. Chavano in the county are in conversations to merge their programs together, consolidate resources, and better serve area farmers and ranchers. County Commissioner Hillary Cooper adds she'd like to see the number of farmers enrolled in these programs grow.
3: I would like to see us add participants who are actually initiating new practices while, you know, continuing with the nurturing, if you will, of those existing participants and encouraging them into considering new practices, especially as we face the significant water shortages that we are, you know, hearing more and more about. And that from my perspective, we're at a crisis point right now. And soil health is certainly all a part of that.
1: Commissioner Chris Holstrom adds the county is already working with its own farmers for the upcoming year.
3: And don't want to pull the rug out from any of that at this point in time. I think more looking forward to how can we solidify under whatever auspices the the effort of um, educating and having more of our producers adopt um, the best practices. So yeah, I'm kind of open for ideas on how to best move forward and we'll um, just leave it at that for right now.
1: Speaking to the Chavano district, Commissioner Cooper says a full merger is probably not possible right at this exact moment.
3: I'm not convinced that you all have the capacity, to um, take on our program uh, in the short
1: term. But Cooper adds the county is still willing to shell out some cash for area producers and make sure conversations continue. She recommends the county draw up
3: a simple budget to maintain um, our existing five to six producers and then conversations with Chavano to sort of see what it would take for them to support the hybrid approach.
1: While Chavano and San Miguel County are not moving immediately to a joint Star Plus program, continuing conversation suggests the move remains on the horizon for area farmers and ranchers.
4: You can't touch this. You can't touch this.
0: Boys basketball and whiteout weather are on the docket. In this installment of A Day in the Life of a Minor, Telluride High School's Finton Cole provided an update earlier this week. This this. This is Finton Cole
3: under your sports updates. The boys basketball team won their home game against the Dove Creek Bulldogs 56 53. The crowd rushed the court, taking down number one Dove Creek and keeping their spot in the tournament. They had a home game against the Caprock Eagles and won 59-34. The four-team standings are as follows. The Mancos Blue Jays and the Dove Creek Bulldogs swapped seeds after Dove Creek lost. The Telluride Miners and the Nucla Mustangs stay at their respective third and fourth rankings. San Miguel County has reported frosty temperatures of 15 degrees Fahrenheit and negative 9.4 Celsius, but in your Gray County, it's a little bit warmer, but not much averaging 20 degrees Fahrenheit and negative 6.6 Celsius. A winter storm warning has been issued for San Miguel, Uray and eastern Dolores Counties. Those on Lone Mesa, Norwood, Telluride, Ridgeway, Uray, and Redvale should stay vigilant. Motorists driving on the highways are stuck, and certain areas have had their power cut. Snow is possible after 1 p.m. As requested by the CAIC, an avalanche warning has been issued for the San Juan Mountain area in Ure and San Miguel, including Red Mountain, La Plata, and Wolf Creek Passes. Hazardous avalanche conditions have been detected, and a four- or five-level avalanche could occur. That said, all skiers should avoid traveling on and under slopes deeper than about 30 degrees. You can find more information at Colorado.gov. There you have it for, for your sports updates for this week. I'm Ten Cole reporting live from Telleride High School, and we'll see you next week.
0: This Monday, the Wilkinson Public Library holds its monthly listening club. It's like a book club, but for albums. Justin Criado will lead the February club with his work of choice, Slayer's 1986 album Rain in Blood. KOTO News spoke with Criado about his selection.
4: When you first hear it, uh, like it's shocking. It's just a grating sound compared to you know clean guitar and vocals and stuff. It's very fast. It's like you can't process it when you first hear it. If that makes sense, and like for me, like you have to keep listening to it. You kind of have to live with it a little longer. time i heard it totally unprepared and their guitar tones and their solos are real screechy they're kind of like cat squeals it's real hellish sounding and i it was like too much for me i was like i'm gonna be possessed i was like i can't do this i'm a good catholic boy (laughs) um but yeah since i haven't been possessed since then but still listening to rain and blood Reading uh, a horror book or watching a horror movie—it's the same thing. Like they think they sing about these creepy things, and of course, back then people thought they believed in it. But it's like they were just saying crazy stuff back then to get a reaction more than anything. But they made—they ended up making a career out of it. <laughs> It's almost like an ominous like oh I shouldn't be listening to this but like I kind of like it still stands up because just the songs there's a catchiness to them for sure but they're just so well produced that they still sound good you know like the technology of that time captured it well but yeah they they have some of like the most recognizable popular metal songs ever including raining blood If you do hate it, the best thing about it is it's a short album, <laughs> so it'll be over before you know it. And if you and if you happen to, you know, uh, if it happens to resonate with you and you want to know more, I'm a total nerd about all this, so I'm happy to give people more recommendations afterwards. But yeah, Slayer. I mean, Rain and Blood. What can what can you say? It's it's effing Slayer. <laughs>
0: Justin Criado will lead the February Listening Club on Rain in Blood on Monday, February 27th from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Telluride Music Company. More information is available at telluridelibrary.org. Winter snowstorms on Wednesday closed most roads in the Telluride region. While the major highways reopened, San Miguel County announced on Friday several roads remain closed due to heavy snow loads and drifting. Portions of County Road 56L, or Wilson Mesa Ranch Road, and County Road 56V are closed and could last through the weekend. The snow is still swirling, but eyes are turning to summer. The town of Telluride is currently accepting summer vending cart applications for the 2023 season. Vending in Telluride provides an opportunity for local entrepreneurs, chefs, and food growers to share their delicious creations with the community. Vending locations include the Gondola Plaza, Elks Park, Oak Street Park, the South Spruce Mall area, the corner of South Fur and West Pacific, and Spruce Park. The sites are assigned by the Telluride Vending Subcommittee. Applications for summer vending are due by Wednesday, March 15th. Applications are available at bit.ly totvending tot vending. A bill that would give psychologists the ability to prescribe medications for mental health issues was approved by the state Senate on Thursday. Right now, if a psychologist thinks a patient needs medication, they have to refer them to a psychiatrist or medical doctor to get a prescription. Under the new bill, psychologists with additional training would be able to prescribe directly to their patients. The bill's sponsors say it's a way to increase access to mental health care at a time when there aren't enough psychiatrists in Colorado to meet demand. The bill heads back to the House to review amendments before moving on to Governor Jared Polis' desk for approval or a veto. Democrats at the state capitol unveiled their plans to curb gun violence on Thursday. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports Republicans say the efforts infringe on Coloradans' Second Amendment rights.
5: Democratic lawmakers introduced four gun-related bills. One of them would amend Colorado's red flag laws, also called ERPO laws. The bill would expand who can petition for someone's guns to be removed if they pose a threat. Bill sponsor Senator Tom Sullivan says lawmakers have a mandate to address gun violence. His son was killed in the 2012 mass shooting at an Aurora movie theater.
4: That I will never stop in my quest to save the life of another Coloradan from the public health crisis that is gun violence.
5: Another bill in the package would raise the purchasing age for guns from 18 to 21, with some exceptions. Democrats are also trying to make it easier for victims of gun violence to sue firearms manufacturers. Republicans say they will oppose the measures. Gun rights group Rocky Mountain Gun Owners says it plans to challenge all of the bills in court. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol.
0: Some local Jackson residents say they would rather leave Wyoming than face potential state laws targeting transgender kids that could ban gender-affirming care. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KHOL's Hannah Marsbach reports from a youth-led rally for LGBTQ rights.
6: Equal rights! Equal rights! Sounds of chants, car horns, and loud music filled the Jackson Town Square last weekend as around 70 community members rallied for trans rights. I
0: said we'd be lucky if we were over 20.
6: This is like great that so many people showed up. That's Jack Carter Goetz and Fiona Morgan, both middle schoolers at Teton Science Schools. They organized the protest in response to several bills making their way through the state legislature. Carter Goetz points to one that would criminalize gender-affirming care for trans kids.
0: I don't think that the state should be allowed to tell anyone what they should do with their bodies.
6: His friend and fellow organizer, Sky McNaughton, says she would be directly impacted by this law. She identifies as trans and receives this kind of care. She says her family is planning to move to Boulder, Colorado if Wyoming lawmakers pass the bill. And she's not happy about it.
4: I don't want to have to leave the state or, or have to stop gender-affirming care or anything like that. That's not,
0: that's not what I want. I want. I want to be able to stay here. I want everyone who's part of the LGBTQIA plus community to feel
6: supported in this community. The bill would make it so anyone helping a minor transition is guilty of child abuse, a felony that could come with up to 10 years in prison. Guy's mom, Jen McNaughton, is a social worker at Teton Youth and Family Services and often works with trans youth. She says the bill could also prevent her from doing her job, another reason her family would have to move. I mean, I've lived here since 2000. I do not want to leave town. My friends are here.
3: My family's here. I love this community. I cannot believe that I will move, but I, I can't stay. I can't protect my kid here. I can't keep my job here.
6: Parents like McNaughton have written hundreds of letters to state lawmakers. They say they've received few responses. I just feel unheard, unseen, that our kids
3: don't matter, that my child isn't a member of this community and shouldn't be here.
6: Another bill moving through the legislature could restrict trans kids from participating in sports. One other could ban conversations about gender identity and sexual orientation in some classrooms. Another parent, Annika Yucha, worries about what lawmakers could do next.
0: These kids are already in enough. Their lives are already full of struggle and insecurity. And I think the thing that we can do is to make it easier for them to live and be happy and not harder. Take away hurdles. Don't install
6: more. Faced with these uncertainties, Saturday's protest was a moment of joy for community members. They waved pride flags, danced to the sounds of ABBA, and chanted... Equal rights!
2: Equal rights!
6: Hannah Mersbach, KHOL News.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Saturday should be mostly cloudy during the day with a 20% chance of snow showers at night. The high is in the mid-40s with a low around 25. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. Sunday, there's a 100% chance of snow showers, with a high around freezing and winds as high as 25 miles per hour. Sunday night should be mostly cloudy, with a chance of snow showers and a low around 10 degrees. This has been the news for Friday, February 24th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary.
4: Uh, Some of you guys have been here a long time, some of you haven't. This used to be the top of lift 4 right here, back in the old days. And behind us here, you can see there's a cliff band that runs quite a ways along here. It actually runs most of the way through the whole ski area. Uh, All the way over to lift 6, there's a break in it. And then on either side of the 6 gully, it reappears and continues on up into the upper terrain.
7: Hey, this is Teresa at the Telluride Historical Museum with your Miner's Minute, and you just listened to a clip of an oral history of John Craig Sturbins, also known as Sturby. Sturby was Telluride's past snow safety director and lifetime ski patroller. This oral history video gives you a behind-the-scenes look at avalanche mitigation, ski safety, ski patrol history, and more. It was made possible by Larry Hopkins and is showcased in our latest annual exhibit celebrating 50 years of the Telluride Ski Resort. This exhibit will run through April 1st, so now is your last chance to check it out and hear stories like this. If you haven't already, be sure to pre-order your spring daffodils. Pre-sales are live now on our website and include a discount of $3 per bundle. Then, starting March 13th through 17th, we will be selling our bundles of daffodils at the community table on Main Street or at the museum for $15 a bundle. All proceeds are going to benefit two great causes, the Telluride Museum and the American Cancer Society. You can visit the museum Tuesdays through Saturdays, 11 to 5 p.m., with Saturdays always free for locals. Thanks, Goto. You're a rare medium. Well done.